talking about today is fertility but I will be framing infertility so I want to go to this um, and I want to quote a few articles today and so the first article that I will be quoting from is called lifestyle factors in reproductive health taking control of your fertility uh, by Rakesh Sharma and in this article she says approximately 10 to 15 percent of couples are impacted by infertility Recently, the pivotal, pivotal role that lifestyle factors play in the development of infertility has generated a considerable amount of interest. Now, I don't ever remember talking about fertility and fertility in school, but I think that now that this is gaining some interest, is interesting. And I'll kind of talk about why when uh, Sharma uh, writes... <clears throat> Many potential threats to reproductive health are encountered in everyday life through biological viruses, physical radiation, and toxic chemical sources. While the body has defenses to protect itself, these threats can still influence one's health through inhalation, ocular and dermal contact, ingestion, and vertical and horizontal transfer. These hazards may also have negative ramifications for fertility. There are so many things that could factor into infertility and when Sharma says that all these uh, potential threats um, are threatening our reproductive health system I think this is interesting to think about we are just living and all these different things physical and uh, toxic you know it's just all these different things while we're living life can alter our our reproductive health and give us a chance to make someone else exist in this world and that just kind of goes back to how I was talking about our existence takes so much and when 10 to 15 percent of couples are impacted by fertility that's a huge amount of percentage even though 10 uh, to 15 percent doesn't seem like a lot I think for me my mother also um was impacted by infertility um she had so much trouble having me to where they had to, her and my dad had to um, rely on IVF um, treatments, which I think is interesting because I know and have heard of a lot of stories about women going through infertility issues. And if you sit and think about it, a lot of women and men go through these issues. But one um, factor that that um, influences infertility I want to focus on today is lead. And the fact that lead is so easy to consume, so easy to inhale, we are impacted by lead and different things associated with lead that might impact our fertility. Sharma goes on to say, lead interrupts the hypothalamic pituitary axis that has reported to the alter hormone levels, alter the onset of puberty, and decrease overall fertility. Lead may alter sperm quality in men and cause irregular menstruation, induce preterm delivery, and cause miscarriage, stillbirth, and spontaneous abortion in women. Lead. 
something that you know we all may encounter this this in many different ways and I think that's important too when thinking about um, fertility in another article um, and I think this one's also interesting and this also talks about um, IVF specifically but I kind of wanted to frame this um, article and just talking about how fertility is impacted by this thing called bisphenol A BPA and it's a ubiquitous chemical widely used in the manufacture of polycarbonate plastics found in some water bottles, the lining of food, and beverage cans, and water pipes. And this article that I am um, quoting right now is urinary um, bisphenol uh, uh, concentratious and implantation failure among women undergoing in vitro fertilization. Um, and this article goes on to relay this issue um, by saying an important determinant of reduced fertility is failed implantation, which is thought to account for 50 to 75% of preclinical pregnancy losses in humans. Implantation is orchestrated and regulated by a very carefully synchronized interplay of hormonal, sig- hormonal signals and feedback loops, making it potentially vulnerable to chemicals such as BPA that may disrupt endocrine signaling. Um, and I think this, this idea that a lot of the reason people are failing to uh, reproduce and are infertile is the implantation process. And this thing, um, BPA, is found that disrupts this implantation process, um, is found in water bottles. You know, we all need water, and water pipes, and lining and food. We can't escape some of these issues that cause infertility. But one of the biggest things that I want to like frame around today is how infertility shows how unequal um, this country's health processes are. And I want to frame this idea around the Flint water crisis. Um, and there's an article called The Impact of the Flint Water Crisis on Fertility by Daniel Grossmont and um, David Slusky. And this is so interesting because as a Michigander who looked at the news and looked at the whole world looking in on Michigan and the Flint water crisis, I never would have thought that water and the lead contaminants in water would have an effect on fertility and the existence of life. And so in this article, they frame their research around um, the years before the the water crisis and the years after the water crisis when doing this study on fertility in women. Um, so following the switch, which is the water, um, source switch that Flint had, they quote, the general fertility in Flint decreased by 7.5 live birth per 1,000 women aged 15 through 49, 12% in 2007. And that's, um, wow. (laughs) I can't even, I don't even have a lot of words for that. And and the fact that there are numbers and there's evidence to show that fertility rates are decreasing in Flint because of that water process, that water switch, and the neglectance um, that government officials had on the people of Flint. And they want to say, our sample covers 95 consumption months, May 2007, March 2000 through March 2015, corresponding to January 2008, December 2015 birth data. 
I'm like, I'm going to go back to talk a little bit about um, the Flint water crisis and how it started. So this article is from um, Susan Maston, and it's called Flint Water Crisis, What Happened and Why? So I'm just going to go on a little history, and she quote, and I'll quote her. With the goal of reducing the cost for treated water, Flint officials decided in 2013 to join the newly formed Karanandi Water Authority, KWA, which was constructed which was constructed in its own pipeline to transmit raw, raw water from Lake Huron. In the interim, the city of Flint had the option to continue to purchase water from DWSN, whose source was Lake Huron, or treat Flint water at its own facility. After failing to come up with an agreement in a short-term contact with this new organization, Flint decided to use water from, Flint wa- from the Flint River and treat it at the FWSC, which is the Flint Water Treating Center, and then within a few weeks of the switch, residents started complaining about the, the color, taste, and odor of their drinking water. I also want to highlight that Flint is um, very populated by black people and by people of poverty. So when people started complaining that their water was bad in taste and it just didn't make them feel right, officials weren't listening to these people. An article that I found important that was highlighting these issues is an article called Politics of Public Health, the Flint Drinking Water Crisis by Lawrence Gostin. And I'll quote him here because I think this is interesting. To this day, location, income, and race critically shape health outcomes. And then he says, in Flint, Michigan, lead drinking water crisis is perhaps the most vivid current illustration of health inequalities in the United States. So when we're thinking about fertility and issues like that, these women are so affected, mainly black and women in poverty, by lead in their water, and it's causing them to be infertile because of the neglectance of the negligence of people um, in power. Since and then, um, Gaston goes on to say, since 2014, Flint citizens among the poorest. In America, mostly African-American, had complained that their tap water was full and discolored, but city, state, and federal officials took no head. This just shows that um, water issues, health issues, fertility issues are very much unequal in terms of race, in terms of hierarchy, in terms of social equity. It just... Yeah, and that's exactly why I really wanted to frame the Flint water crisis and this issue with fertility. Even though the environment is impacting fertility, it is unequal in the sense that people of color and people of lower income are impacted differently than people that aren't. Um, Yeah, and I kind of want to end with this quote um, from the article titled Assistant review of the relationships between social capital and socioeconomic inequalities in health, a contribution to understanding the psychological pathway of health inequalities. Oh, I'm sorry. It's, is racism a fundamental cause of inequalities in health? That's the article. And I'm just going to quote this. Race in the United States has also had a large and enduring association with health and mortality. Black Americans have substantially worse health and shorter life expectancies than white Americans. 
In 2010, life expectancy at birth for Black Americans was also four years shorter than for White Americans. So although my attention is on fertility in this article, I think it's important to talk about how infertility is, this issue of infertility is unequal because people of color, like I said earlier, people of lower income status are unfortunately more impacted by these issues. Environmental issues that you would think that would affect everyone, but they don't. So although I'm ending on a darker note, I just wanted to to relay that and to just discuss our existence and how unfortunately our existence can also be unequal. Thank you. Thank you.